I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who is good in the clutch. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, another clutch loss. That's a bummer. Like I felt like they were going to pull this out because, what were they up, by seven with two minutes to go, or six with two minutes to go? Um you know they just they scored on back to back possessions. Tim Hardaway three and like all right, this is gonna be a good home win. Lakers Sixers coming to town next on a back to back, and I couldn't pull it out. Could not pull it out on the podcast today. We will be breaking down the Mavericks one hundred and seven to one hundred and six loss to the Denver Nuggets again. Obviously another clutch loss. We'll discuss some of the clutch situations because. Uh, this game brought it up, so we'll bring back some of those numbers we were going to mention at the beginning of the week. We'll talk about that, and we're also we got we got a conversation ahead of us. Uh, this game sort of brought it up. National TV game against the Nuggets, a potential playoff matchup. Who would you want right now to play in the playoffs? If the Mavericks got to choose, which of the teams currently in the playoffs? So we'll stick with you know the current seven that are in the playoffs besides the Mavs. Who would you want to face in a in a series? So we'll get to that. Isaac, this game Nick. was so back and forth. Carlisle, after the game, said neither team played great. It just came down to the final few plays, and it really just felt like that. They were going back and forth. The Mavericks really couldn't get a lead. They had a about a 10-point lead in the first quarter, you know, towards the end of the first quarter, and then the Nuggets would just go on like a 5-0 run or a 7-0 run and just you know take away that lead. It didn't seem like the Mavericks could – keep or sustain a lead the bench wasn't showing up the way it did the last time these two faced off um and obviously you know missing Kristaps Porzingis is that the story of this game that they're just missing Kristaps Porzingis because it seems to be after every game without him we see how this team needs him so much honestly I okay I I do see that and I it is a huge thing and I, I think you can make the argument for it I think honestly that for me the story of the game is defending these prime big men in the league. And it feels like when you face AD, Embiid's going to, you know, potentially if AD plays, which he probably won't play on Friday, don't know yet. He is going to travel. You're going to get Jokic, AD, and Embiid in back-to-back-to-back games. And arguably what, the best three postmen in the league, right? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the three teams that run the most post plays. We were breaking down percentages the other day of teams that run the most post plays, and Philly does by far. It's not even a, a yeah. discussion. But right after that is L.A. with Anthony Davis, Denver with Jokic, and the Spurs are kind of after that because they're weird. But for me, the story of the game is coming out of this is what Jokic did in the second half. And I know Jokic. I mean, he's an all star. He's last year MVP candidate and everything. And but just watching him go to work, you know, he hit threes tonight. What? How many? He hit four he or six. Four threes tonight. But the irony of the biggest shot of the game coming <laughs> against the Mavericks in the post after Rick Carlos says, you know, a few weeks ago about the it's not a good play, play anymore. 
all that stuff. And it just it, it does go to show you that. And my issue, my main issue with that Rick Carlisle quote is, which he couldn't say in the time because you're not gonna say this about your own players. The post that play is not a good play for us. That was the you know for some other teams for Denver. It's a heck of a play for Philly. Yeah. Heck of a play. So it just that part is the is the thing of the game for me is how you defend these big guys and can Dallas defend them efficiently? Do they have the bodies? Do they need to look elsewhere to bring in another? It, can Boban be? You know, so that's the story of the game in my opinion for me. Yeah, and it's going to get exposed again, like you said, in the next two games. Uh, Jokic finishes with 33 points, six boards, seven assists. Again, he hit four of his six threes, five of his eight free throws. Um, he had seven points at halftime, by the way. Yeah. I mean, and I say that because the whole playoff conversation that we're going to have in a little bit, it was sparked by Jonathan Charks, a friend of both of ours. And we were sitting at halftime debating on different things. We It's fun talking at halftime with him. And he threw out that question to me. And I'm not going to tell you where he stood on it, but it is like, who do you want if you're Dallas in the playoffs, if you had a choice? And so we debated on it and we had our different uh, uh, opinions on it. But we were talking when we were talking about Denver, it, I remember looking at it and I said, hey, I know Jokic only has seven points right now, but blah, 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 blah. And the fact that he finished with 33, uh, I mean, he had, it's like Denver came out and expected a big third quarter from Luka. And Yoka said, "You know, hey, I'm gonna match this, and I'm gonna be the All Star guy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it too." Exactly what Luca just did to the Bulls, which I did a breakdown video of that. You can click the link in the description of this podcast to check out my breakdown of Luca's third quarter against the Bulls. Jokic did that to the Mavs, 21 points in the third quarter. Um, man, he was just going at it. Luca also finished the third quarter with 27 points, which was his final score. So we will talk about that for sure. But yeah, Jokic is the big story of this game. Hit that game winner, the post up. Uh, and that post up play, by the way, if you're watching it and you're just seeing the highlights, uh, it's easy for the highlights and even the one that I tweeted out and the one that I put on the Locked On NBA Net account. Uh, it's easy to think, oh, why was Dorian guarding Jokic? Why didn't they put Dwight Powell on him and co- have somebody come over to help? That was a switch. That was Dorian was on Jamal Murray. And Jokic set a screen for him. They switched. Dwight Powell didn't have enough time to get back to Jokic. And so that- at first, at first, I will. I do think that once the ball went away up to the top near the half court line and Jamal Murray went and got the ball, I feel like they had enough time to switch back. They obviously didn't. Rick Carlisle took blame for all, how all of that, how he's supposed to as a coach, but of how that whole thing played out, switching and just the matchups on that and stuff. But I feel like they had enough time to switch back if they wanted. And that is that leads right into my point. This is a young team, not just Luca, not just Porzingis. The rest of this team is really young. We were talking before about you know the only two vets are Courtney Lee and JJ Barea, guys that have been in playoff games, guys that have been to the finals. Think about the rest of this team. Delon Wright's been to the playoffs yeah he's been to the playoffs with with the Raptors other than that I mean Boban's been in some games with the Sixers you have um yeah it's kind of it's Seth Curry last year was with the Blazers but these are not guys that have had deep playoff runs or you know playoff runs where they played significant roles and they're all very young they're all super young Boban is over 30 but everyone else besides those three guys are under the age of 30 but haven't been in the NBA a, a, a ton and this is what young teams do. This is, you know, the Dorian stepping out of bounds plays, you know, those kind of things. The 
not switching and kind of freezing when you're you're matched up to your guy, like Isaac was saying. Those are things that young teams do, and I think we're kind of seeing that in this in these clutch games. Last year, the team was so good in the clutch because they had some vets. They had a Harrison Barnes they, for you know for however long they had him. They had a Wes Matthews. They had guys that will at least do smart things in, in clutch situations. Give the ball to Luca, shore up pretty much everything else. Now. They've gone younger. They, you know, the guys. We think this is a better fit around Luca. This is, you know, making the Mavericks better overall. But in these clutch moments, these really tight playoff atmosphere type moments, even you know, maybe especially at home because the pressure is on when you're at home. Uh, when you're away, it's kind of like, oh, you know, we're in the away, so you kind of throw everything, <laughs> kind of throw everything out. But at home, it's like we have to win at home, uh, and they've had a bad record at home, and so they want to, you know, play better and show up for the fans. And when things are getting tight, you know, the fans aren't cheering as much and it gets kind of, uh, it just gets tougher. And I think that we, I was watching this documentary about this, uh, it was on National Geographic on, on Disney Plus. And it was like, they were trying to find these Maya ruins in South America, like in Guatemala. And they're Is using, they're, Moana? They're, they're, no, Maya in Gu- oh, okay. Guatemala. Um, they're okay. using this new technology called lidar, and what it does is it sends it's it, they put it, it they put this thing in a plane, they fly over this landscape, and they send a sonar down to the ground, and it bounces off the ground and it goes back, basically just you know the same thing like a bat or a dolphin or whatever. And is this an ad ad read? They'll use <laughs> they'll they'll measure the distance between where the sonar went down to try and you know break through the tree line because there's so much trees and it's so dense, such a dense jungle there they can't see through it. So they send the sonar down and it'll show them where all these man-made structures are because they can see the difference in the typography, you know, the the distance in the in the land and how it's you know formed. And so they found all these walls and all these. Um, you know, different structures that were man-made that they couldn't find just by walking because you can't see 10 feet in front of you. It's such a thick jungle. And I think for the Mavericks, some of these games are sort of like that LIDAR. You kind of you kind of break everything apart. You kind of look through all the crap. You look through everything, and you see this team for maybe what it is. It's a young team that still has a lot to grow and it still has a lot to, you know, show. And I think that... Um, we can see some of the big weaknesses of this team, like defending in the post. You know, definitely a big weakness. We see it in these clutch games. We see the defensive end overall is just a huge weakness for this team. So coming up, let's get into this clutch game situation. I have a bunch of numbers for you. We'll get into that, and then we'll talk about who would you want to play in the playoffs. But before we do that, Isaac, an actual ad read. Um, are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could just choose any game and call it? Isaac, are you feeling confident about your Baltimore Ravens? If you're feeling so confident, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge, sports, sports knowledge, sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. So go to mybookie.com, enter the promo code Locked On, and you will get, um, man, you get matched on your deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. So they'll match half of your deposit. So they'll give you five hundred dollars if you put a thousand in. Um, if you put two thousand in, they'll give you an extra one thousand dollars. I gotta have a thousand first. <laughs> Just go enter the promo code Locked On or Locked On NBA, and once again, that's promo code Locked On NBA. Take advantage of my bookie's generous sign-up offer, mybookie.ag. You can go right now. I'm gonna pull it up, Isaac. I'm gonna pull up your Ravens. Let's go right now. They are a minus nine and a half favorite over the Tennessee Oof. Titans. They're playing at home. This is a Saturday game. Are you feeling confident enough to put some money down 
that the Ravens will win by over nine points. Yeah, you know, Tennessee's first time facing Lamar. They haven't seen him this year yet. Uh, Derrick yeah. Henry. You're not worried about Derrick Henry running the I, ball, I am keeping, wor- keeping I am the ball about away this from game. Lamar? And I do like that Tennessee team, but I'm just going to, it's primetime game, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, 8 15. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. So there you go. And there's NBA odds, all kinds of stuff. MyBookie.ag, promo code locked on, locked on NBA. All right, Isaac. So do we want to talk about that game a little more? I feel like it kind of rushed through. I wanted to get in my, my analogy about the trees. Uh, that was an absolutely incredible analogy. I was waiting to see how you were going to tie that in. I'm like, hey, this is a great National Geographic story. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's good. It, it, just looking at some of the clutch stuff, I mean, this has been a conversation yeah. that, I mean, it's been going on over the past week or so of, you know, really two weeks. And, you know, I, I asked uh, Jalen Brunson about <clears throat> about it tonight. And Oh, yeah, you hear from some, him. you'll hear from him later. Yeah, it was just like, what's up with this? You know, this is the biggest question right now around the team. And I, I honestly think it, it might be in their heads at this point of when it gets in these clutch games, they know they're, what, 8-12 and 12 right now in the league. Yeah. Just looking at win percentage, I have it pulled up right now. Just looking at win percentage of teams in the clutch across the league and looking at the bottom, like, six or seven teams. Like, these are the teams at the top, the highest win percentage in the, in the clutch. Heat, Bucks, Lakers, Jazz, Nuggets, Rockets, Celtics, Clippers, like solid top of the league teams. Then you look a clutch game, by the way, as defined by NBA.com, is a game that is within five points with five minutes left to go. So it's a game that's tight score. Uh, some of these games sometimes can be, you know, it was a blowout, they got it to within five, and then the team blew them out. But as long as it's within five at any point during the last five minutes, it counts as a clutch game. So some of the math, and I'm going to go through this for the Mavericks, some of these are. You're like, oh, was that really a clutch game? Like, are they really losing a clutch? What does that really tell us? But anyway, continue with the numbers. But like the Heat, you know, the Heat right now have a 78% you know, win percentage in the clutch. They're 11 and 3 in clutch games. Well, they have Tyler Hero hitting game winners for them. I mean, Duncan Robinson going nuts. I mean, <laughs> but like you look at the, the teams at the bottom of the league in these clutch games, you know, the Hawks, the Pelicans, the Warriors, the Knicks, the Suns, Bulls, Spurs, Mavericks. The Mavericks are in this group of bad teams, but yet they have a really good record. They're you know in the play you know, in the playoffs right now. It's just a weird spot for a team to where you just look at these clutch stats and all the other playoff teams are at the top, and all the non-playoff lottery teams are at the bottom. And here you get the Mavericks mixed in. Like the Washington Wizards have a better win percentage in the clutch right now. The Magic, the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Pistons, the Cavs. All of those teams have a better win win percentage in in clutch games right now than the Mavericks. So it's 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 an obvious issue. It's an obvious problem. It's a problem that should be talked about. It's not something I think is being overblown to where some of these things that uh, some of these things get thrown out there and we kind of like make jokes about them or you know that Mavs Twitter grabs a hold of and you know it's like oh okay we got to figure this out or figure this out and it's like a it's kind of a fabricated you know problem or issue that people just like to debate and talk about i think this honestly is a big problem i think it is an issue i think it's um something that the team's trying to figure out right now and you know that the players know this too to where the next clutch game they're in you know they don't want just to be another number another loss in this moment and especially because some of these are so you know this was just heartbreaking tonight just this game and you know they're losing leads in the clutch. There's one thing to go into a clutch game, you know, go into those last five minutes and it's a tied game and you just go back and forth. 
losing one of those games is, is different. But when you go into a clutch ending and you're up by you know six points, eight points, you sit, you know, whatever it is, and you lose those games, it, it it's becoming a bigger issue. Yeah, that's demoralizing. If you're up and you give up a lead at you know at the end and end up losing instead of you know going and taking what's yours, you know, like going and taking yeah. it away from the other team. And they've lost a couple of games like this. So the Mavericks, like you said, with um they're eight and twelve in the clutch right now. Um so that that means they are seven and nine with Luca in clutch games, which is better than their record, right? Uh mm-hmm. Let's see. With Porzingis, they're eight and seven. Without Porzingis, zero and five now. Zero and five in clutch games without Porzingis. They're one and three in clutch games without Luca. Um, without both of them is just that loss to to Boston, where they both they both played zero minutes in the end. I think they were both available, but they didn't end up playing at the end. Um, so the Boston one doesn't count. So you can already kind of take one of the clutch losses away. So it's only you know eight eleven at this point. Yeah. Um, games without Porzingis are the Memphis game uh, in November. There's four games. Well, we don't have to go through all that. Um, clutch games without one single, you know, clutch games without Porzingis. Well, what am I going to go through here? <laughs> Let's just go with the, cl- the clutch games with both players, both Luca and Porzingis. I have so many numbers in front of me, it's hard to say what I want to yeah. say. Clutch games without both players. There's a loss to Portland. They're five and five with both. With both playing, they're five and five in clutch games. Yeah, so five hundred. I mean, a not little the better. Best, but a little yeah, better. 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 Yeah. One of the losses is the Portland game, one of the very first of the season. So that weird, yeah. you know, ending, but also still the beginning of the season. The Denver win. So that first Denver game. Uh, where they won, which by the way, now they're one and one against Denver. They took one at their place, then Denver came in and took one at the Mavs. The OT loss to the Lakers, a win against Orlando, both the losses to the Knicks, a win against Toronto, a win against uh, Minnesota, that Sacramento loss at the beginning of December, and then a win against San Antonio. So with both players, you have those two Knicks losses that are you know inexcusable but weird. Uh, the loss to Portland was the beginning of the season. The loss to the Lakers, which is tough against one of the best teams in the NBA. And then the only inexcusable one is the loss to Sacramento. I mean, I guess the Knicks ones too. So those three are inexcusable. The Knicks losses and the Sacramento loss. So if you really break it down like that, like if they have both of those guys, they're pretty good in the clutch. But when they don't and they're separated, they're they're pretty bad. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and you have, yeah, to, you have to break it down like that because – in clutch games, we're talking about such a small sample size. Like sometimes it's one minute, sometimes it's you know four minutes, sometimes it's three minutes. Like this loss to Sacramento in a clutch, two minutes. <laughs> They're only played yeah. within the clutch that clutch period that I talked about within five points for two minutes. So you're talking about a very short amount of time. You're talking about maybe two or three possessions on offense. Um, and yeah. so you look at their what their offensive rating in you know the clutch. I think this is before this game tonight, but. Um, their offensive rating is 92.3. Their normal offensive rating is 115.3. I mean, that that is stark yeah. difference. That They go from literally the worst offense in the NBA to the best when they're not in the clutch. Uh, and that yeah. is kind of what, what we really need to hone in on and focus on because the defense is about the same. Their their defensive rating in the clutch is 108.7. Out of the clutch you know, in, in normal games overall is 108.3. So just about exactly the same on defense. It's the offense that just falls apart, it seems, in these clutch games. And it's, it's very few possessions here and there, but it adds up, and right now this team is struggling in that area. 
Yeah, so, I mean, the question that, you know, people have posed as is something like, okay, well, what's the fix? Like, what do they do? How do you get better in the clutch? And, you know, I think everybody would have their different opinions on that. Even Rick Carlisle after the game tonight, he's like, hey, man, we just got to execute better. And, you know, what happens to this offense when it gets into the clutch? And, you know, there's a bunch of different opinions, a bunch of different theories. You know, does Luca have the ball too much in the clutch? You know, if if he's run the ball, you know, running the show so much to where some of these late, you know, clutch moments like the Dorian one tonight in Denver to where, you know, how many, how many total shots did Dorian have tonight? I don't, I don't, I have clutch stats pulled up right on my iPad. Keep talking. I'll pull it up. Um, you know, so if you have something like Dorian, I feel like he didn't shoot it probably less than five times, maybe three tonight. Three shot attempts. He had three shot attempts tonight. So he hit two of them. He hit two of his three threes. It was just that that last one. Yeah. And, and so I know he's obviously he's a professional basketball player. This is your job. Blah 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 blah. All the whole spiel. I get it. But if you've had three shot attempts tonight, and then bam, the biggest play of the game, the ball gets passed to you, and you're expected to hit that shot, take the shot, everything in, in motion. So I, I think I think that's valid. I've went down the whole rabbit trail of I think they still need a vet in the rotation. Uh, whether you know we mentioned the Andre Iguodala type, somebody that's been there, somebody that has playoff experience, um, that just knows how to handle clutch situations, knows where to be in these situations. But ultimately, I think it boils down to that, and this will make one listener very happy who tweeted at us and basically incessantly, basically telling us that you know, hey, you love Luca too much and you brag on him too much. I'm like, okay, well, I thought you were talking about a different guy. Never mind. Oh, the Dwight Powell guy. (laughs) Shout out to Trent. That shout out, bro. Trent, you must have a shrine to Dwight Powell. (laughs) But what a weird island that must be. That yes. He has a mansion. He has a mansion on that island, and but Luca has to be better in the clutch. Yeah, and that it's just point blank. He has to be. When you look at some of his clutch stats, like you said, seven. You know the team record seven and nine in that. But he's shooting thirty four percent in the clutch. He's shooting twenty percent from three in the clutch, and he's shooting sixty four percent from the free throw line in the clutch. With not even averaging a free throw a game in the clutch. Point nine free throws per game or per clutch game you got it we got to get more free throw attempts by Luca in the clutch and he's got to shoot the ball better in the in the clutch 20 percent from the from the three-point line and in the clutch moments like that I mean when you look at free throws I mean you have somebody like Jimmy Butler who's averaging two and a half free throws again two and a half free throws per clutch game we need Luca to be averaging around two free throws per clutch game yeah get to the line once Yeah, get to the line once. His, you know, like I said, his shooting percentage has to get up. I mean, D'Angelo Russell is shooting fifty-one percent from the field in in clutch moments, thirty-eight percent from three. Chris Paul is one of the best clutch players in the game (laughs) right now. He he literally is. I know Zach Lowe went on a rant about that too on his podcast today. I listened to that talking about how he's. I think they might have even called him the best clutch player in the NBA right now. Shooting Chris Paul shooting 54% from the field, 36 from uh from 3 and 96% from the free throw line in the clutch. Jeez. If you want your team to be better in the clutch, then your MVP candidate, your best player has to be better in the clutch. And this is probably the most I've ever like called out Luka or at least like said something about, but he's got to and and the Jalen Brunson postgame quote, I thought that was telling. I thought that was a good quote from a teammate of saying, hey, our MVP candidate guy has to be better. 
Yeah, and you'll, no, you'll hear he didn't that. say it has to be better, but yeah, he yeah. said you know he's he's learning and he's growing and stuff like that. It, it was a it was a great comment from from a teammate recognizing like he's our best player and he's still learning. He's still just twenty, so I'm I'm saying he's got to improve. We all know that he knows that. Like he's just twenty years old, yeah. so that will come and it'll take time and the thing that's weird about it is and you'll hear that Brunson quote verbatim at the end you'll hear the actual audio from him so don't tweet anything until you (laughs) until you hear that actual audio Um, but the thing that's weird about it is Luca was incredible last year in the clutch so it's it's just maybe it's just a block this year maybe it's just nerves towards the end maybe it's just that these are weird games you come down to a couple mistakes here and there he has different teammates he has younger teammates than you know they were he doesn't have you know a vet maybe you know, we, we made fun of DeAndre and you know talked about his help defense all the time, but maybe having that kind of a vet that's been in, you know, tough games that he was pretty close with, it seemed like. Maybe a guy like that, you know, I I don't know what's going on with Luca. I don't think a lot of people do know, you know, exactly what's going on with him. But he was incredible in the clutch last year. And this season it, he's been struggling. And so that's the difference between Matt. We talked all last pod about the difference between the Mavs winning and losing, especially without Porzingis, is Luka. If Luka can go on a crazy run like he did against the Bulls, then they win games. And it's the exact same thing in the clutch. If Luka can show up, if Luka can be good in the clutch, they win. If he doesn't, then they lose every time. Especially without Porzingis. The the light is brighter, you know, the spotlight is brighter on you when you don't when your supporting cast goes down a notch. And, you know, if Luka struggles in the clutch, but you still have your second best player and Porzingis out of there on the floor and he picks you up, then bam, there's a clutch win. And we're not really talking about how Luca struggled and all that stuff. So when KP's not playing and the ball's in Luca's hands and there's not really too many options after that, then you know, he has to be really good in the clutch for them to pull out these wins. So yeah, it's a combination of a lot of things. They gotta get healthy. Tim Hardaway's back now. Get everybody back healthy. Figure out some lineup things, how you want to roll with the clutch. Luca getting better in the clutch, growing as a player, all that stuff. So there's a lot of combinations that's factoring into the clutch stuff right now. Yeah, coming up, let's get into that a little bit, and then we want to have uh, time to hear from Jalen Brunson. So coming up, let's get into the conversation of why maybe Porzingis means so much to this team and why you know they're missing him so much, even though some people would say, well, he's only averaging 17 points a game. You know, It's not that much, but let's get into that. All right, Isaac. I want to talk quickly about Chris Alps Porzingis, then we'll hear from Jalen Brunson. The reason why they miss Porzingis so much is because they basically have a three big man rotation, you know, and they play Dorian at four a lot. They play, um, you know, Justin Jackson at four sometimes when they're only playing one center. But their best lineup is going to be Porzingis at the five, Dorian at the four, you know, with with Luca and then whoever is hot, you know, Seth, Delon, Brunson, like whoever else is hot from the guard position, and. They're so good because he's able to grab boards, you know, block shots, defend the rim in a way that Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba can't. Maxi can a little bit more. Uh, Dwight Powell did a pretty good job on Nikola Jokic. Jokic even mentioned him by name in you know the post game interview. He said Powell made it hard for me. He made it hard for me to get shots. Um, but without Trent, there you go. Without Kristaps, Jokic, right? Jokic stepped up for your boy and said there you go, something. Trent. Without Kristaps Porzingis being able to come over and help on some of those big guys, um, it's it's harder. <laughs> and Kristaps Porzingis is you know better than Maxi at those things because he's seven foot three and he's super long. Just the sheer length of him makes him a better option than Maxi on some of these plays and some of these defensive runs. And so without having him, you know, without having his spacing, where 
you know, when Dwight Powell is out there in, in, in crunch time, you know, in the clutch, he's not spacing the floor for them. Like, Jokic can back off of him. He can clog the lane. He can get in the lanes that Luka tries to drive in. When Porzingis is out there, he can stretch dang near out to 35 feet, right? Like, he's pulling yeah. those guys all the way out there. It's such a big difference. Uh, and, and you saw one of those plays at the at the end of the first half when Maxi was out there, and they ran a, a, the high pick and roll. Luca goes in the paint, and Jokic has to like c- kind of wedge on on Luca, but he's like hovering in the paint because Luca's going to drive, and Luca hits Maxi on the wing. Maxi drains the three; he's wide open. Jokic can't get out there, and it was just a small taste of dang. What if Porzingis is playing? Because they could just run that play all day long, and yeah. Jokic would struggle a lot. And the clutch is all about situations. It's all about matchups. It's all about who you can put out there. And yeah. Kristaps Porzingis is a matchup nightmare on you know from the outside. Just you know, I talked about his length on defense, but also his length on offense. The way he can get a shot up over anybody, you know, from from three. His catch and shoot threes are way more. You can he can take them being more guarded than somebody else because he's so much taller. Right, <laughs> like a contest yeah. isn't going to come up to bothering him as quickly as it will somebody else. So that's why they miss Porzingis. And uh, you know. It's not like if, he can get any, his own shot and, and save everything, but the way he opens things up for the Mavericks, both on offense and on defense, is is big. Yeah, it just it, yeah, it just provides more spacing. And when you have Porzingis in, in the you know in the clutch and in those moments, the can't play canter, you know Donovan thing in OKC, yeah. those conversations were, will happen a lot with bigs across the league. When it comes to those moments, because if you have somebody like a cancer out there, and, and he, honestly, Porzingis is out there with Jokic, Jokic would have struggled because he would have to choose: do you either hedge into the you know into the paint some to try to stop Luca and driving, or if KP's just going to pop every time, then you got to stay on the perimeter too. And it's just it's a no man's you know, like hardly anybody can do that. Jeremy Grant can, but dang, he played good. Some, he did, man. Yeah, remember our Jeremy Grant Gallinari. Back and forth, that was fun. I love Jeremy Grant. That's that's the thing is I didn't want to do that, but he uh, blocked Luca twice in the same play. That was crazy. He, same he, play and it was clean too. And Luca really didn't complain that much. The second one he probably fouled him, but some of the refs they had a couple. This was a this was a tonight. rough game. I think just overall, just things were getting you know left and just weird things are happening. There was that play where it was out of bounds toward the end of the game, and they said it was inconclusive, and I was like, what are you guys looking at? <laughs> feel like it was pretty pretty easily out on the nuggets but uh, yeah. i guess they didn't get enough camera angles but yeah rough on the the refs for sure can, can we i know we're ending right now but or soon but just the porzingis knee stuff from the conversation i had tonight it was more you know more optimism around that situation and the knee and just being it was my first game back from just traveling and all that stuff and just got a lot of optimism around it that hey you know could expect him back soon that it is you know knee soreness not a, you know sometimes it's just you, precautionary yeah a lot of precautionary stuff so that's just the the vibe that i've gotten uh from that situation so i expect him back soon um, nothing worrisome that I've heard of, but, um, yeah, I, I want to see KP back in this lineup before we make any more harsh or rash decisions on, or opinions on this team. We did it. We made it through an entire podcast without talking about Andre Drummond. All right, let's hear from Jalen Brunson and hear what he had to say after the game and, uh, what he had to say about Luke and the clutch. One game question and a couple questions on being Boba's teammate. Mm-hmm. Another loss, clutch loss. 
what would you say is the biggest reason for that right now? Um, just a little bit of experience. We have a lot of young guys. Um, I mean, our MVP candidate is going through a learning experience. Um, and uh, so the rest of all of us are. Uh, so it's, it's eight season so young. It's better to have these games now and learn from them and get out of the way. But um, I know he's going to get better. I know everyone else is going to get better. Um, as a team, we're going to support each other no matter what because we know how hard we work um, when, uh, behind closed doors. So I'm not really worried about it. But, um, I mean, obviously it's tough, but we have a lot of confident guys in this room, and uh, we all have confidence in each other. So it's not going to change, and we're just going to keep getting better. Couple of questions on Bobo. What's it like being Bobby's teammate? It's great. Bobby's a great guy. Um, he's just smiling his face every day. He, you never know if something's wrong or if anything's wrong. But he's just—he's a good teammate to be around. He's—he's he's excited for other people's success, and um, and um, he's a great guy. Honestly, great guy. What's it like having a personality like that? What's that do for team chemistry? It's great. Our team chemistry is honestly off the charts. Uh, I mean. I remember I asked you before, before the season started, and he's like, if we're doing good, it's because of how close we are. And yeah. That, your quote stuck with me for so long because it seemed like y'all just had awesome. Yeah, we, we have fun. Um, we have a lot of guys who like, enjoy playing with each other, enjoy each other's success. And, um, I mean, when we have a team camaraderie like that, I mean, it's just, it's just fun to play with. Even if you're not out there for a long time, it's just fun to be out there. All right, Isaac, interesting stuff from Jalen Brunson. Uh, saying you know Luca has to be better and that it's, MVP is growing and it's crazy to think he's still twenty right like I know it sounds it may sound like we're making an excuse for him but there's growth you know to be had for every player and this is where Luca's is right now yeah and you know I just love that how he started that off of like hey we all know like in paraphrasing like we all know he's the leader of this team he's the best player on the team he's an MVP candidate and for even them to know that hey he's still growing. Luca left the locker room tonight, didn't talk to media. You know, it's, it's now what second time he's did this, this, you know, this past season. And he's mad. He knows this. He's got to be better. And the fact that, you know, Jalen Brunson on his teammates, like, hey, he is an MVP candidate. He's still learning. He's still growing. He was, you know, taken up for him in a sense of, hey, he's, he's, he's learning. He's still growing as a player. He's young. So it, it wasn't, you know, I just, I really like that, that quote from, you know, from Brunson about you know his, his teammate Luca and stuff. So hopefully better days are ahead in the clutch moments. And uh, L.A., you know, Lakers are coming to town on Friday. Lakers, Sixers coming up soon. So everybody be watching for those last five minutes to see how this Mavericks team will respond after a couple of these losses in the clutch. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.